This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Welcome to the show, my friends. Today we have with us a book writing consultant. So in 2014, he was desperate. He had spent nearly one decade breaking traditional book publishing. And at the time, he had only sold about $20,000 worth of books. So he decided to stop. And for four years, he learned internet marketing with a mentor who had spent over $1 billion in online advertising. Now, the things are a little bit different, but we're going to let him tell us all about it. We have Caleb Brakey. Caleb, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Caleb, did I pronounce your last name correctly? You got it. The nice. only telemarketers, they like to add an L in there. You totally avoided that. So that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a telemarketer. I'm yeah. the furthest <laughs> away from that. <laughs> so uh, now today you have something that is not super common. Uh, the, there are a lot of consultants out there, but not many are book consultants. So we're going to get into that into a mi- in a minute because that's something that's... Uh, I think it's fascinating. Uh, let's start with some of the st- things that didn't go so well. Tell us something that uh, some of the failures in business that you had and something you're not afraid to let out to us. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, pretty much any failures, fair game. That's how you get anywhere. So, um, you know, I spent years chasing traditional publishing, uh, you know, invested seven years of my life for my first two book contract and gave everything to it. Um, it was it, the topic of it was very um, hot at the time. The publisher put a lot of money behind it. I put my life savings into it just to add to the pot. Uh, did nationwide interviews, sold great for the first month or so, and then sales started to drop. And um, I realized that at that point, I mean, I had, I had given up everything, I had given up my old career as a journalist, which is what I went to school for, and I was left with a basically not even a job. My, my wife and I were working as retirement managers, no pay, free room and board. And I realized like, wow, like I've failed. <laughs> I failed my wife. I failed me. I've got no money in the bank. Um, and that was, that felt like a, a great failure, but it wasn't um, because it got me to ask some right questions. Like what, how does a book get read? How, um, why did the book stop selling? And the key was not that um, great content always sells. We know mm-hmm. this isn't the truth. You could put a world-class musician in an underground subway with people walking by every day, and a lot of people are going to walk by greatness and not even know it. Yeah. The key was you needed to get your book in front of people, and that set me on a journey. And I basically said, well, I'm a writer at heart, but I'm going to put my writing on hold until I learn how to market. And that's what I did. I stepped away, and uh, by failure... I learned a whole new skill set that has now led to a business that I've been running for six years as a book writing consultant. That's, that's the perfect learning right there, Caleb. I tell people often, you can have the best product in the world because that's my specialty is selling physical products. And you can have the best product in the world at the lowest price in the world. If nobody sees it, nobody will ever buy it. Yep. So that's it. You can have a great content, the amazing book and people don't know about it and or even if they heard about it everything gets forgotten so quickly so why and why writing so that's something obviously that you're passionate about because you were a, you said you were a journalist 
and then into writing. Why, where, where does this come from? There's a quote that says, if you want to change the world, pick up a pen and write. There's another one that says either do something worth writing about or write something worth reading about. Hmm. Writing, I mean, I, behind me is a shelf. That's my change my life bookshelf. If a book has impacted me positively, I put it on that shelf. Um, plenty of books that have impacted me still need to go on that shelf. Books change us. I mean, to everyone listening to this right now, they're a library away from knowledge that will change their life. It'll take discipline, it'll take action, and it'll take patience, but they are a library away from changing their life because everything they need is right there in the library in books. Books are hard won. Books are taking the experience of someone over years and they're saying, hey, I summed it up for you. Just do this or learn from this. Books are incredibly, incredibly powerful. And a lot of people are walking around with a story and they're afraid to tell it or they don't know the right way to tell it. A book is the way to go. And that's why I like getting behind people who have a message in their heart and to do it through a book. Isn't it incredible? The amount of people out there that have a story that better than any book that's out there, any movie that we watched, and it's inside somebody's head. But because they are not a writer and, or don't know how to write or don't know how to express the stories, nobody will ever find out, right? That's, it's such a huge loss. The amount of knowledge out there that's not going to be transferred I often think about that. It's so painful, I guess that's the right word, losing it. And I, I once worked at a uh, retirement apartments and got to see really the silent generation. They're called the silent generation. And I would have coffee with 12 different men, all in their 80s, 90s, and pushing 100, tell stories. And it was incredible. And there was a part of me that thought, Every one of these stories is going six feet under, never being told pretty soon. And it was sad to me. Um, They were known to be the silent generation. They had accomplished and done so much, but they were quiet. And I think there's respect and honor in that. You know, this generation today doesn't know how to shut up. (laughs) Um, But there's a lot of people out there with inspired ideas, with an inspired passion, people who we need to become leaders. Um, to lead us in society and to bring about um, integrity, character, lead us correctly and right with with uh, good intentions. And yeah, it's too bad when when some people stay silent. Definitely. Is that what your new, no, not new, you said it's about six years old, but is that what your company is about? Is giving those people a voice per se? Definitely. I mean, having gone the traditional route, I realized very quickly that traditional publishing, the only way it could survive was to find people with platforms. Basically, if they could get in front of a lot of people, traditional publishers say, well, they must write a book. That's not really an inspired story or message. The people who write really good books, it's been stewing, it's been growing, it's been burning in their heart for quite some time. So traditional publishing, we're used to seeing these books from maybe YouTube stars who have a lot of followers, but a publisher went to them and said, you should write a book. 
It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't this inspired. I have a book that I need to write. I need to get out. Those are the people who need to write a book. And it's too bad that we flipped that on its head. We've basically said, so long as you have a lot of eyeballs on you, you should write a book. But it should be, so long as you have a great idea and you're a, a great person, you know, a person of high character, high integrity, you need to get that message out there. That's, uh, that's amazing. So right now, the person that already has the audience are purposely creating the stories because they already have somebody that's going to buy it. So they're creating the story to sell instead of telling the story that's, oh, man. I never thought about that that way, but it's it's so true. So how about these people that they have the amazing story and they suck at explaining it or putting it out there or even writing it and putting – I'm one of those – one of those people that I cannot organize the ideas, right? I know things, but I know if I put them down, it's going to be the beginning, the middle, the beginning again, the end, then the middle again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how do I, uh, how do I bypass that? Well, it's it's like anything. You you either learn it or you come alongside a mentor or coach to help you in it. And that's what people can, I mean, that's why my company exists. You know, we started it because there was people with great ideas who didn't have either the time or the expertise to write. And so Mm -hmm. speaking to book was just that. From my journalistic background, we would interview people, draw their story out, um, outline the book, you know, show them the outline of the table of contents. Hey, is this what we're aiming for? Get it a thumbs up, you know, do those sample chapters. Hey, are we on the right track? And it's collaborative. It's collaborative writing. And really that's what everything in life is. Either you do it yourself or you do it collaboratively or someone does it for you. And so the way we've set up our company is to be a collaborative book writer. You know, we're, we're kind of like scribes. A ghost writer would be someone like, hey, I have an idea, go write it. Mm-hmm. But collaborative writing is, hey, tell me your story and let me write that with you. And that's really what we do. And beyond that, then we help people figure out, well, how are we actually going to get this in front of your ideal reader and build a relationship between you and them and then map out your entire career because we like to say that books are just a beginning. They're not an end. You don't want people to read your book and that's it. You want to build a relationship with that reader. So for instance, we have authors who move their readers from a book to a podcast, to an online course, to group coaching to inner circle masterminds. And it's all based around a topic. It all starts with a book, but the book is the beginning, but it's not the end. Um, And so we teach our authors to do just that, to take their readers on a journey. And it all starts with a book. So let's, let's see if I get it right now. If I would contact you or your company, I we would have like, you would be interviewing me or somebody in your team would be interviewing me about my story. And you guys will put my thoughts together and organize them and do what I don't know how to do. Now, what if my knowledge is about technical stuff? Um, basically, that interview is it's just going to have to be a little bit longer because when I say a random term that you may understand it, but I'm not sure if everybody will understand what, I don't know, like ROAS is when it comes to advertising. Would they ask me, okay, what, is, what does that mean? And then uh, expand from there? Yeah. So when we start 
we always start with like a, what we call like a foundation and strategy session. So we would know when we're interviewing you, what kind of hat we need to put on as an interviewer. So if you say this is for beginning marketers who have no idea what ROAS is, you know, return on ad spend, mm-hmm. then uh, we're going to have to break this down. We're going to have to make sure that I come in as an interviewer, not knowing a thing. And, and frankly, some of the best interviewers are interviewers who don't know the topic yes. well because they're going to ask those questions that get back to the absolute basics. And, you know, it, it then becomes a balance of you always want to speak directly to your reader. So you may be talking to a very literary crowd. You may be talking to uh, a crowd that, hey, like you just want to make this simple. Like I like how, um, I think it was Twain who said, uh, I'm sorry I wrote you a long letter. I didn't have time to write you a short one. And it's because it's just easier. It's, 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 it's hard to say things concisely. Yes. But we help people speak to their direct audience and then get to the technical stuff. Yeah, but also tell stories because- Stories are what stick. Um, stories, stories are how we learn. And so we find out what are authors, what are their stories, and then we'll get into, okay, now how can we apply it? And what are those technical things that we need to talk about? Got it. I agree with that, uh, that saying uh, from Twain, because often you never ever heard the expression, or not expression, but you ever heard when you tell an entrepreneur or ask an entrepreneur, Tell me in four or five letters, four or five words, sorry, uh, what is your business about? And people struggle to break it down in only four words or four or five words because that's, you know, you have to have four very good words to explain the whole thing. So, I mean, that's incredible. And are these, uh, these are going to be hardcover books or basically everything, hardcover, the paperback and... Yeah, all- it it usually depends. So... Hardbacks are always going to be more expensive to produce. Um, the easiest route is always going to be Kindle and paperback. And then mm-hmm. ebooks are, are fa- fairly straightforward. Hardcovers can be a little bit more uh, intimidating to take on, but it's not, you know, it's definitely doable. I personally love hardcovers. I love reading them. I love ordering them. Um, I read more hardcovers than anything. Um, but yeah, that is, and then through online distribution, you have Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and a whole lot of other, you know, Apple Store lots of different distribution sites that you can um, publish to. And I personally love buying the hard covers, but I have a hard time reading them. So I ended up getting the audio so I can listen to the audio, but I like having the hard cover on a shelf, kind of like you, you have there too. And one of the things it does for me is when I have the book on the shelf and there's a picture normally of the author on the back or the front, depending on, I guess, who the author is. It, to me, it makes, it makes them more of a, I don't know, a pro. Would that be the right word? Sure. So it gives them more social proof to me. And I, I can become like a fan of that person. And it's on my shelf. I can see if I walk past that shelf every day, I may see that face. Uh, is it, it is the hardest like you said, to have a hard cover, but how hard is it? Uh, because I, I think it would be the most effect, effective. Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously if you go like traditional publishing, it all comes down to the cost, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to include a hard cover? You know, it's going to be just more cost effective to do paperback. So if you'll, you will, just won't, you either won't receive the same return on investment uh, if you go hardcover, but 
you could also raise your price. You know, that's why hardcovers can cost $20, $25 as opposed to a paperback for $10. Can, can a paperback have, let's say, 150 pages? Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, paperbacks can have 50 pages, 25 pages. A lot of people get caught up in word count and page count, and it's fairly ridiculous because the only reason we have page count in our mind is that we grew up on it. We're like, oh yeah, most books are 250 pages. The only reason that was is because the spine needed to show in bookstores when it was turned inward. So books had to be a certain length so that people could read what it was. How many people buy books from bookstores today? Not many. And frankly, if I came to you and said, hey, I, um, I have all this information and it's really good, but I included some information that isn't as good and frankly could have been cut. Would you have liked me to go and present that to you or would you like me to go, hey, here is a lot of great information. I left all the boring stuff, the repeated stories on the cutting room floor, literally read every word because it's all valuable. I think you would appreciate that a lot more. And so I always tell authors that the book ends when the value ends. And it doesn't matter if it's a 50-page book, 100-page book, 150-page book, or 250-page book. The book stops when the value stops for the reader. No one wants fluff. No one has time for it. Give us the good stuff and leave the rest on the cutting board floor. Yeah, it's very good. I like that. So how long would it take, for example, to get a full story out of somebody? So normally we're looking at uh, three interviews to get the foundation and the outline done. And then we're usually looking at two to four months, depending on how long, um, how fast we're getting the interviews done. And from, you know, first contact to, um, you know, finished draft after it's gone through, you know, several edits, we're looking at closer to a year. Okay. So kind of from start to finish a year. Exactly. Okay, got it. So what are some of the misconceptions about being a writer? I, I, I'm <laughs> sure I know one of them. And a lot of people think this is, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm thinking a lot of people think every writer is like chicken soup for the soul. Everybody sold 10 million copies. Uh, is that one of them? <laughs> no, not at all. 97% of all books are going to sell 5,000 copies or less in their lifetime not just in a year, in their lifetime. Most books do not sell like gangbusters because most writers are not marketers. The five big publishers in New York fail on their books 70% of the time after a strenuous vetting process of, the, of books they think will do well. They still fail 70% of the time. Traditional publishing is very old school and they've yet to adapt a lot of new practices in marketing. And um, that's one of my missions is to turn that around. I Just before my call with you, I was talking with an editor at a traditional publishing house and just brainstorming with them and kind of telling, talking to them about what we do and how we can um, uh, serve traditional publishing because I love traditional publishing, but it's got a lot of problems with it. And so, um, yeah, does that, that answer your question? It does, yes. So uh, tell me one thing, Caleb. We didn't mention the name of the company yet. That is Speak It to Book. That's correct. Speak it to book. So what is the, the Christian side? Do you have a Christian side of book writing too? Sure. So basically, we started as sermon to book. We would help pastors because content was already done. Um, not only did they have their content inside them, they'd already spoken it out. You know, they could send us their audio files right away. 
Well, when we started Sermon to Book, quickly people started saying, hey, do you only do this for pastors? And the answer was no. You know, I was a journalist and I knew how to draw people's stories out of them. So that launched Speak It to Book, which has now become our parent company. Now, most people know me as a man of faith. And for a long time, I always just separated faith and business. But what I found was I really just, there's other companies out there and I just leaned into my faith. So I found out almost all people coming to me came from backgrounds of faith. And so I just decided, you know what? This is who I am and this is how I'm going to label it. And uh, people don't have to be people of faith to work with me, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool that um, I get to marry my faith and my business. Yeah, absolutely. And I see behind you, you have a two comma club. That's uh, right. Is that the, was that with this business? Yes, yes, it was. It was with Speak It to Book. You bet. I, um, I won it, I believe, last year and uh, got it this year at um, Funnel Hacking Live 2020 before the world changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, how are you, uh, are you handling that? Are you, are you locked at home? Yeah. You know, I mean, our whole team is virtual, so it hasn't changed all that much. But, um, you know, I'm a positive guy. I always look for the positive in things. And through all of the lockdowns and the, the troubles that 2020 has brought us, I try to look at the positive. I feel like um, a lot of the world has been, um, they've, uh, they've won empathy for each other. Uh, for instance, you know, uh, now people who have to school their kids maybe understand, you know, people who are trying to raise their kids or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or um, people who are using Zoom now and technology. What a cool way. Like my dad only started texting me a couple of years ago. And I'm like, dad, thank you. Like, this is amazing. Like, I get to communicate with you at such a deeper level because you've embraced this technology. And so, you know, just as we're using Zoom here, they grew, you know, 10x in pretty much overnight. And um, so with more and more people getting used to this kind of interaction, the world is opening up for more and more possibilities for entrepreneurs and just the ability for creators to reach um readers and and whatever it is that you're doing we're becoming more connected very good it's funny that you said your your dad just last year texted you uh my dad never sent a text to anybody and he never used a cell phone he would only receive or make phone calls uh from a dial-up one of those round (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yes so I i think i responded just LOL, dad texted. I think that's what it must have been. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And how quick things change. So tell me, yeah. Caleb, one of the most important things, and you did mention that, is having good content is, is very important. But getting it out there so people know about it is the most important thing. So it's the marketing side. And I know you're, you're a great marketer. You can see that you have marketed yourself pretty well. And I can see by that two comma club behind you. Uh, so you offer this to me if, if I say, Caleb, write my, take the things out of my head, write them, and then you're going to market them for them for me too. Right. So we basically have four different packages we use. We have a bronze package, which is, you know, idea to bestseller launch week. And we, and that's just on Amazon. It's not New York times or anything like that. We just focus on, let's get that bestseller badge on Amazon, build some authority, I give you leverage. And then we move up silver, gold, platinum packages, which are all about, you know, our silver package is really setting up a lead magnet where we're going to make sure that people are entering your funnel every single day. Basically, you're connecting with new readers every day. 
And then from there, we want to focus on additional products because like I said, the book is the beginning, not an end. So yeah. what if we created you an online course or um, an on-demand training like webinar that you can package with your book and sell? Or, and then finally, uh, we'll even fly our clients out here, film all their you know stuff for their video course or for their retargeting ads or what have you, and just really fix their brand so that when people are seeing their online ads and going through their funnels, they are um, they're well presented and they're they're well in front of them. You know, uh, earlier when you mentioned about your uh, the Christian book writing, I thought of something. Uh, that could be done pretty much the same way. I don't know if it is possible, but in, since the sermons, like you said, they were done and you could just transfer them to writing. Could the same thing be done with podcasts? Yeah, definitely. I think I own podcast a book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as the domain. Um, but yeah, podcasts, um, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It really depends on the format. Uh, it really depends on, because just because you have content doesn't always mean it's going to translate into a book. Uh, it could form as a really nice outline though. It, it really just depends. It depends on the podcast. Uh, but if you have content, you definitely have a good start. Yeah, for sure. I do have my, my other podcast that's related to e-commerce. I have a ton of content and most of the times it's just me. Uh, but it's also very timely, which means something that I say today on the podcast two months from now may not be true anymore. So th that would kind of suck to put that in a book, right? Uh, right? Because things online change all the time, right? You can get one yeah. day you, one day you're allowed to get reviews on Amazon. The next day it's illegal. You can't do that anymore. So it must, must much better to focus on evergreen strategies that work forever. That's what I love about Russell Brunson's books. Yeah. So that's something that you guys would, would help with too. It's not just anything that I or one of your clients tells you. It doesn't just go blindly into the book. You guys filter that as well? Definitely. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's perfect. So tell me, Caleb, uh, I'm definitely interested because I'm one of those people I told you. It would have three middles and it would start with the middle. And then, <laughs> uh, so I definitely would be interested in for anybody else that's interested where can we go to find out? I know you have podcast to podcast to book. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, my website's a great place to start. It's just calebbreaky.com. And there you're going to find out about me, my companies. You can schedule a consult or you can check out our online course. So, our online course basically is a peek behind the curtains of our four packages that we do for authors, our bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. It's more of a, hey, um, this is something that you could start doing yourself. And um, what's cool about that is when we sell our course, we include credit toward our services, toward our flagship services. So, um, you know, right now I think our course is going for like $297 and we give people $2,500 in credit toward our flagship services um, if they buy the course. The other cool thing is um, they have the opportunity to, uh, as they go through and buy the course, to join uh, my mastermind inner circle, which is basically all my paid clients from sermon to book, speak it to book, and um, other select few individuals who I coach on a bi uh, monthly basis. So perfect. Not only you, you were what you said you will do to the client, you also did it for yourself. It's the same steps, right? Exactly. Okay, exactly. Perfect. I like that when a marketer you know, does what they preach. 
That exactly. means it, that means it's definitely working if you're doing it yourself. That makes all the difference. Thank you for that, Caleb. Thank you so much for being here. I, I will have all these links on the show notes and for anybody that wants to check them out. Uh, Caleb, again, thank you for this. And I'll be checking out your site right now to see the, the prices of the packages. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for subscribing to FailFast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit FailFastPodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.